0: You're listening to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with your host, Lisa Check. This podcast is for people who love yarn and fiber and sheep, who love to knit and crochet and maybe even felt. We will be talking about the crossroads between keeping sheep and goats, making yarn, and expressing your colorful self. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Flying Goat Farm Podcast with me, Lisa Check. Today we're going to be talking about color harmonies, but first, here's what's happening on the farm. So we are on the cusp of starting May, and most of our um, most of our orchard has already bloomed and is now leafing out. Um, I'm not quite sure what kind of fruit has been set. We had a little bit of a glitch with the bees. Um, the our bees died over the summer. I mean, sorry, over the winter. And the bee guy brought in new hives, new animals. And then one of the two queens died. So he had to like do some more massination. So I know that there's some good bees out there. I can see them on my wisteria. Um, and so that's great because we need to have some pollination. Not sure that happened with our fruit trees So we'll just have to see um, what happens as the seasons march on. So yeah, the bees have been uh, rehabilitated, shall we say. And Bill has, he took a hydroponics class this winter. And so now he's like making these great tomato plants that Look like they would have cost you like 12 or 15 dollars at the, at the garden store, but he grew them from seeds, but and that's all because he was giving them the bright amount of sunlight, giving the bright amount of pH, giving them the right amount of nutrients, and oh my gosh, I, it is, you know the last week of April, and he's got buds on his tomato plants, which is like unheard of here in the mid-Atlantic state. Um, so that's pretty cool. And that's really kind of what's happening. Um, Maryland sheep and wool is next weekend. And so, um, even though I die almost every day, um, I've been dying a whole lot more just to try to be, um, prepared for that. So be sure and check out our website, flyinggoatfarm.com and see if you see any roving or yarn that, um, strikes your fancy because there's a lot of new things out there. So today we're going to be talking about, um, color harmonies and here's where we, where we're at so far in this part of the podcast. So, um, this is the third of this color series. And so already we've talked about the physics and the biology of light and how we perceive color. We've talked about the 12 different hue families. That's red, red, orange, orange, yellow, um, yellow yellow, yellow green, green, blue green, blue, blue violet, violet, and red violet. So those are the basic 12 colors in our world. And then we've also visited our collections to look to see if there are any holes or color families that aren't represented, um, because it's great to have some of everything. And you'll see why when we've starting the this episode talking about color harmonies and then you know coloring, talking more and more deeply about those color harmonies and in the last episode we looked at how those 12 go, colors go to hundreds or thousands of different colors just by looking at tints and tones and shades so just to recap the tints are the color fan the color added with white Or with dyes, it's just a more dilute dye. A tone is the color added with some gray, so it's a little grayed out, and the shades are the color added with black. Um, And we talked about value, and we talked about saturation, and all of those things also give us more perceptions of color. And... Hopefully you have also made a Pinterest board or somehow to collect the colors that you really gravitate to, to collect, um, photographs, not of yarn, but of landscapes or, um, flowers or animals or, um, anything that like you you look at that picture and say, Oh, I love that picture. And those, Pictures that you collect will give you some sense of what your own true color sense is. You know, whether you're a blue lover or a purple lover or um, whether you like warm colors or cool colors, all those things will become more clear when you look at what kind of photographs you gravitate to when you say, oh, I love that. That is something that I really want in my life. And so put it on a Pinterest board. I'm telling you, it'll change your world. So today we're going to talk start talking about how colors work together. And the way that and the term that's used for that is color harmonies. And as we'll see, some things are more harmonious than other things. The first harmony that we'll talk about is being monochromatic, and that's pretty self-explanatory. It just means that all of the colors in that set of yarn or in that skein itself are in the same hue family so they can be different shades or tints or tones they can be different values they can be different saturations too but they're all in the same hue family and so they're considered to be monochromatic mono meaning one chroma meaning color Um, And it is, I believe, you know, it's the most, it's the most harmonious of the color harmonies because there isn't anything really to clash about, except of course, you know, there always has to be an exception, right? So there are some times, some color families where if you have a warm, a warm part, a warm You can't call it a shade anymore, right? A warm color in that hue family and a cool color in that that color family, they don't actually get along. And my example is if you have a warm red color, which is going to be more on the side of orange, it's not orange, it's not red orange, but it's just slightly a little bit more yellow background to that red. And you have a red that is slightly on the cooler side, so it's slightly more blue. It isn't purple, so you can't say that. Um, but it's just a little bit to the blue side. Those two colors will clash, and so it's always good to put together any of those. If you if you've been a long been a collector of red yarn or roving to put those together. So you can really see this for yourself and you can see that, you know, Oh, this one is more toward the orange side. This one is more towards the blue side and they do not work together very well. Um, I think that, that, that's the biggest clash that I ever see is within the reds. I'm trying to think if there's anything, any other color family where you have that big of a clash. And I can't really think of one where that's such a big, the only other one would be maybe purple. So if, you know, you have a violet, you have a straight on violet and you have a purple that's more to the blue side and you have a purple that's more to the red side. Sometimes those can also really clash so um, again, auditioning your your collection will really help you. And sometimes you just put those things together. I do this all the time in the shop. You know, we'll put something together and say, oh no, that just does not work. That's that's not right. Let's let's look at some plant sales. So the next color harmony is analogous colors. And oh my gosh, this is my favorite harmony. I use it all the time and I need, I keep telling myself, um, you need to break out of this pattern, Lisa, because, you know, it, it is one of my favorites and, and I use it all the time. So analogous colors are those that are right next to each other on the color wheel. And they work really well together because they have those secondary and tertiary colors Um, right alongside with them and so there it's a natural bridge from one primary to the next primary you had these natural bridges with the other U families in between so my two favorite ones are blue green violet and red orange gold those are my my two favorite ones um but also you could have like uh red violet, red, and orange and red-orange is also beautiful, like sunset colors. So thinking about like three colors that are right next together on that color wheel um, is always going to give you something that is really harmonious because of those color bridges. All right, compliments. This is what we think about when we think about, you know, how do colors work together is, you know, you know about their complementary colors. You've learned about these, you know, way back in elementary school. So complementary colors are colors that are across the color wheel from each other directly across. So the easy ones are red and green, orange and blue, purple, yellow. And these, this color harmony is, I believe, in my own opinion, it is the least harmonious of all of them. And that's because when these colors get next to each other, they vibrate against each other. They are so, you know, opposite in how our brains and our eyes function that they cause like a vibration between them when they're right next to each other. So yes, they are exciting, but you need to use them with some care. So when you're using compliments in garments, you have to be careful. And that is because of this number 1, the vibration. If you if you are putting big stripes of these colors against each other or next to each other, you're going to have some um, uncomfortableness, I think, with you, with these two colors. If you had a big stripe of yellow, like a bright sun yellow, and you have a big stripe of purple next to it, you're. it's not going to be something you go, oh, that's so pretty. It's going to be like, oh, that is really exciting. <laughs> so you just have to... Be careful about that when they're in big stripes next to each other. But the other thing you have to be careful of is if they are in smaller pieces or if they cross each other, which could be like a certain kind of stitch that they use. For me, I think I've told you before that I started out as a weaver and this complementary color problem is something that's really common to beginning weavers. And that is when you, everyone, the fir, when they first start being a weaver, they want to make like a runner, a table runner or something for, for holidays, for the, for Christmas, red and green. I'm going to do red and green and I'm going to do a red warp and I'm going to do a green weft. And it's going to be so Christmassy. And then because they cross each other and there are little bits of color, your eye mixes them into some kind of a hideous brown color. If you look very close up at it, yes, you can see red and green. But if you are farther away from it, it looks to be neutral. That's because the colors are kind of canceling each other out. So this is something that if you are... um, using a stitch that will cross over and there are small bits of color and not long runs of color that you want to be careful of. Like I, if I had small, you know, a small repeat of red and green or purple and yellow, I don't think I would be doing a linen stitch with it because there you have things crossing over each other, kind of like they're woven. So you just want to be careful with that. Another one of the pitfalls is in the yellow and violet complement. I bet this could be also, I mean, use this as the example because it's the most blatant, but it also can happen in any of the complementary color uh, combinations. And that is that violet tends to be the most dark or most saturated of the color families. And yellow is just naturally light. Even at its most saturated, it is really a light value. So there's really a gigantic value difference between uh, the violet and the yellow. And that can cause some really big vibrations. So here's what I would say to you. And that is just to audition your skeins. Put them, if you have skeins that you say, oh, oh, look, I got this one. It has yellow and it has purple in it. And now I know that those might cause vibrations. So audition it. Take it out, you know, untwist it out of its hank and put it with the other colors that you were thinking of using. Or if you were thinking of using that one hank, maybe it's a pretty highly variegated one. And you were thinking about making socks, you know, just like undo it out of its twist, lay it out, maybe fold it around each other, kind of manipulate it and put it somewhere that you walk by a lot, but not somewhere where your cat or dog can get it. (laughs) Ask me how I know. Then every time you walk by, you're going to look at it. You're going to look at it and say, oh, do I like it? And if I like that, if I like it, then I'm going to go ahead and use it. But if I don't like it, then I need to change up something, especially if you're looking at like two different skeins or three different skeins. You have them all undone. You have them intermingled with each other, kind of like if you were going to be using them. And then every time you walk by, if you say, hmm, I... I I don't love it yet, but I don't hate it. Then manipulate those skeins again to make it uh, a little bit different configuration, leave it the next day, walk by. And then, um, you know, you just keep playing with it. And if you still like after, you know, several manipulations and you're like, well, it ain't bad, but it also isn't something that I love then you need to change something, just like we've talked about before. Um, You want to be in love with what you're making. You want to be in love with the final outcome. And so if you're not in love with it in the skein, you need to change something up. All right, so gradients. And typically, gradients are going to be, by definition, monochromatic. So a gradient means that there's successive skeins or mini skeins, or it could be fabrics if we're talking about quilting, or it could be rovings as well, where you where you have very dilute color going to more saturated color. It's a gradient from you know very pale to very dark in the same color family. And the only thing you need to wor- worry about with this kind of uh, using these kind of skeins is deciding how do you want the gradient to go? Wherever the dark part of the gradient or the most saturated part of the gradient is going to go, it's going to be um, what I want. It's going to have the most weight. It's going to be the place where people look. So if you want people to be looking at your face or your upper part of your body, then you want to go from, you want to start with the dark at the top and go to light at the bottom and vice versa. And then there are progressions and most people will still call these gradients. And most of the time, these are also in um, mini skein packs Um I I love these because they're just such a fun experiment. So a progression is where you start at two ends of a colorway basically. But each of these ends is going to be a full skein. So at each end you're going to start with a fully saturated color and then you're going to march towards the center by changing up the the proportions of the two colors until in the middle, the middle one of the, of the progression will be like a 50, 50 blend. So for instance, um, you can go from green to blue. All right. I'm going to start it. And this on one side, I'm going to start with like a forest green. The other side, I'm going to start with like a Royal blue. So starting from that green side, that first one's going to be green. Then I'm going to add a little blue to it. So now it's green-blue or blue-green. And then the middle one is going to be teal where those are actually 50-50. And then the one closest to the blue is going to be more blue than green. And then you'll have the true blue. So these are fun because you can also you know, get into these chromatic neutrals, which is what I'm going to talk about next. Because, you know, anytime that you are combined, basically in a progression, you're combining these two colors to come up with five different colors, or it could be even more, but at least five different colors from these two that you started with. And I love them there. I think they're more interesting than using a gradient because you do have, you know, these different nuances between the colors. It's not just one color, but it's two colors interacting together. And again, you know, the design consideration with these is to decide, you know, where do you want the weighty the more weighty color to be? And you could you can go either way. It just is your decision about how to do that. Or you can even go, you know, from we were talking about, uh, you know, blue, green progression. So you can go, you could go green, blue to green. If you, if you had, you know, two of these progressions. So think about that as a design consideration. And then here are these chromatic neutrals. These I love because these are, you know, tertiary on tertiary on tertiary um at first glance when you look at a neutral color you know you might think oh that's a brown or that's a gray but these chromatic neutrals are made from complementary colors they're made from complementary colors mixing together if you do a 50-50 blend of a of a complementary 50% red 50% green you're going to get some kind of a grayed out brown color but a little bit to this side a little bit to that side and you get these really interesting neutrals that still have a background note of the original hue family and so these are really really interesting and some of my yarns especially my resistance yarns where you know i'm playing with working you know working across the color wheel. So they have spaces in that those skeins where you have these fun chromatic neutrals, and you have the neutrals going into that that color family and going out of that color family into the next one. So it's kind of like working with complements and neutrals and progressions, and it's all in one skein, and it makes it really really fun. Can you tell where my passion is? I think you can. So until next time, here's what you can do if you're following me on my journey. So again, I'm going to ask you to visit your collection. And this time I want you to look for skeins that could fit together. I mean, way back when we, I started season two and we're talking about being a your, the curator of your collection, we talked about putting together different skeins that could go into a shawl Um, And so maybe you pull out those um, scans that you put together and look at them and see, oh, how did I put those together? Are those analogous colors? Are those monochromatic colors? Are those, you know, analogous colors? Thinking about, you know, how, how did you Put it together in the first place and would you do it any differently and then also looking for skeins now that you could also put together whether it's monochromatic that might be in the vein of being a uh, gradient or they might be analogous skeins so they would be going towards a progression kind of idea or if they're totally complementary colors because you just want to do something that like wows you like a steven west shawl that's going to like knock your socks off and like go for the compliments. And I also want to look, I want you to look at your neutrals. Are they just black, white, and gray, or are they some kind of these chromatic neutrals that I was talking about? That would be really interesting to, for you to look at. And as usual, um, I would love to see what you're working on. So if you post these to social media, Tag me. I'd love to see them, or send me an email and show me um, what you have, and and we can talk about those. Uh, because as you can tell, c- color is kind of my passion. Um, I I love working with it. I do work with it every day, and I would love to see what is in your collection as well. And I hope that all of these um, ideas that I'm giving you. And tasks that I'm giving you are also gonna are that they're also building up your confidence in your own decision making as to color. Because that's really my intent here. So until next time, happy making. Well that's this episode of the Flying Goat Farm Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving a review. Have a question you'd like me to answer? Send an email to Goat herd at FlyingGoatFarm.com. And to see our farm and yarn and roving, check out our website at FlyingGoatFarm.com. Follow me at FlyingGoatFarm on Facebook and Instagram, and I'm Goatherd on Ravelry. Until next time, happy making.